This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, stackers, happy Monday. We're back in the basement with a full slate of shows, but first... We've got a shout out to the men and women of our armed forces for keeping us safe all week. And on behalf of the men and women of the Navy Federal Credit Union and the whole team here in the basement, thank you to our troops. Let's all go stack some Benjamins together now, shall we? Where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth shattering kaboom. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and how do you climb back on your feet after a financial or, worse yet, personal crisis? Today, we'll ask the woman behind the new book, The Financial Recovery Workbook, Michelle Kagan. Plus, during our headline segment, new data is out on longevity, and bad news for you, you might want to go lie down. We'll share why longevity matters, and also climb into a hot TikTok minute. Later, we'll toss out the Haven Lifeline to Scotty from Iowa, who will brag about being from Iowa at least three times. Scotty wants to know what he should do with his wife's 401k, who recently quit her job. Scotty, I'd say keep your hands off her money if you know what's good for you, but we'll share OG and Joe's answer too. And I'll get techie with my trivia question. And now, two guys who need to keep their hands off the remote while The Bachelor is on, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Doug and Mom's TV time. The Bachelor. The guilty pleasure. I, I can't. Guilty, I think, is the word. Can you get into The Bachelor? Doug absolutely loves it. Like, doesn't like it, loves it. What do you think? Yeah, you're all about it. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hard Hand Soft Heart Podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter, sitting across from the man with the very soft heart, the man who gets the rose across the table, Mr. OG. I always do. Happy Monday, my friend. What's up? I'll tell you what's up. Michelle Kagan's here. I don't know if you know this, OG, but the universe kind of had a crappy year last year. Uh, unless you were a gazillionaire, but yeah. Or ran Netflix. One of, one of the other. But today, serving the rest of us, Michelle Kagan coming back to the basement. I think this is her 47th time here. Michelle Kagan's written a bunch of great books. This may be her best. And today she's going to help us recover. We're going to take some of the key messages, key learnings from 
her financial recovery workbook. And by the way, if you haven't had a financial disaster, this is the thing. You meet with people all the time, OG, that are like, ah, I don't think I need disability insurance. I don't need the emergency fund. I'm not going to die. I don't need estate planning. It's because they haven't had it happen to them. It hasn't happened in their family. And sadly, I know you've been through this before with people. You got to have it. And so we're going to set you up. If you haven't had it happen to you, it isn't if it's going to happen, it's when. We're going to set you up and make sure that you're all set. Man, great show. We got a great headline or TikTok minute. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. How about that? But first, a great segue into the ad read. Now it's time. The headline. Let's do it. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes from the Wall Street Journal. Here's a headline you don't see much anymore. This is written by Betsy McKay. U.S. life expectancy fell one and a half years in 2020, the biggest decline in generations. Obviously, the reason you don't see this OG is because this is fighting against the trend. Lots of bad things going on here. COVID-19, obviously, drug overdoses. It says homicides drove down longevity. Hispanic men suffered the largest decline, and African-American men have the shortest lifespan, uh, 68 years old, while Hispanic women, 79, living the longest. But this is down for just about everybody. And the reason I want to bring this up is, Because of the fact that this is so uncommon, longevity OG, contrary to this piece, really is a big thing in financial planning. As you're thinking about your financial plan, I think that you have to consider both sides of that impact. You know what I mean? You have to think about what happens if I live too long and if I die too soon, because you don't want to die at 79 or whatever you said the average was with 15 bajillion dollars you know, and never do anything because you're scared about living too long. But you also don't want to live to be 100 spending the last 10 years, you know, eating ramen noodles because you planned on dying at 85 and you stretched it to 90 and ran out of money and you lived 10 more years. There's got to be a little bit of a happy medium. But I think the greater risk, of course, is living too long, you know, because then you're not having a comfortable retirement. Uh, If you happen to pass away a little too early, you know, as long as you've got some good estate planning in place, that'll that'll take care of itself. So when you think about doing your financial plans or when we do them, there's a lot of talk about going to 120 for young people. Even though now. we're looking at late 70s in this piece. Yeah, because just think about the people who are likely to live longer. They're people that have money. I mean, it sounds really weird to say it, but they're ones who have been able to eat better over their lives. They're people that have been able to have better health care over their lives. They're people that can afford better health care later in their lives and and have jobs that are not, you know, 
taxing on the body and that sort of stuff. So I remember Jane Bryant Quinn, the financial writer, when she was on the show talking about this exact same thing about how fast foods and cheap foods available to quote the masses versus the quote elite, as she put it, eating whole different thing, right? People on top eating expensive foods, designer foods that keep them living a long time while yeah, somebody like apples. Yeah. And lettuce. Well, while somebody with a, with a tight budget and a very tight schedule chowing down on the Big Mac. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're thinking about this from a planning standpoint and you're on the track to attempt to be financially successful, even if you're brand new at working at it, you have to assume that, uh, you're going to be on the longer end of that spectrum, you know, as it relates to health. So, uh, I think you have to plan for a longer life expectancy. At the very least, I think you want to hope for a longer life expectancy, right? Well, I, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, hope, is, hope isn't hope is really a plan from a money standpoint. But when you think about, we did this exercise, you and I have both done this in our strategic coach group, and I'll abbreviate it really quickly. But if you think about the day that you are, how, how old do you want to be when you die? And then you think about the year before that. So whatever number you have in your head, back it up a year and say, how do I want to be financially and with my you know, relationships and spiritually and with my friends and family and that sort of stuff? What do I want to have happening in my life? And if, if all those things are happening, do you still want to die in the next year? And most people will go, oh, crap, no. The reason I picked that age is because I figured I'd be out of money. <laughs> I figured I'd be out of health. I figured I'd be out of friends and family at that point. So if you are thinking about your financial plans, think about it from the perspective of how do we how do we have a fulfilling life not just on the money side of things but also with all those other things that are mat- that matter as well you know with your family and friends and so on and so forth this not only brings up the issue in financial planning circles around longevity annuities and we've talked before about the annuity problem here that annuities are sold not purchased that's a sad thing and the annuity industry really did it to themselves with many of the fees that they charge and the and the complicated contracts that they have. But an annuity really being a personal pension on its own, having this stream of money, OG, that you cannot live is not a bad thing. So there's that discussion going on and hopefully some cleanup in that area. But I think there's a whole nother discussion. You know, a lot of people who are stackers are part of the fire movement, or at least I would think would aspire to be to be able to be financially independent at an earlier age. I think there's a lot of people listening to the show that see themselves there. You see this new thing from Vanguard about updating the 4% rule. I know a lot of people like to use these rules of thumb and I know how much it drives you and I crazy when people use rules of thumb, when doing the actual plan is not all that difficult, but uh, Vanguard came out just a couple of weeks ago talking about how the 4% rule needs to be updated. Uh, they said that if you expect to retire for 30 years, that's what the 4% rule was made for. And that your chance of success using the 4% rule, if you have a 30-year retirement horizon, is 82%. But if you have a 50-year retirement horizon, this is the fire individual, right? The retire early person, 50-year horizon, you've only a 36% chance of success if you're using the 4% rule. Yeah. And part of the 4% rule is a 50-50 stock bond mix. And that's part of the problem is that you have too much in fixed income, which is 
going to destroy you as inflation. I mean, inflation's top of mind right now. You're seeing it in real time, but now just extrapolate that 3% inflation number over a 20-year time horizon or a 50-year time horizon, your expenses will double twice in a 50-year time horizon, at least. If your portfolio doesn't rise with that or can't keep up with that, which I would submit that a 50% fixed income portfolio cannot keep up with inflation, especially over a 50-year time horizon, then you're starting to eat into that principle. And the faster that you eat into the principle, the lower the income that comes. And all of a sudden, that's a pretty deathly spiral that happens. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of things that have to go right with an early retirement. Some of it's just good luck. You just have to retire on the right time and, and so on and so forth. But some of the stuff you can control, like having the right asset allocation. Yeah, Vanguard mentions actually OG in this piece for them, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Number one is you need to estimate future returns using forward-looking projections, not backward. In yeah, I'm not a fan of this one. No? No, because this is a big uh, uh, chicken little type thing going on these days, too, where people are like, yeah, those are the glory days. You know, those last hundred years with all those world wars and big recessions and polio that killed half the population. Those were the glory days of the market. This new stuff... <laughs> That's not going to be anywhere that good. You know, come on. I also felt like when I read that, that it's going to make people guess where the ball's going more than you should. Number three, of course, it's Vanguard. So they minimize the cost. That's a mm-hmm. quick win there. It's true. And then number four, invest in a diversified portfolio, which you're talking about. Yeah. And the other component of all of this is, and it ties into what you were just saying, is you can never make a change. So when you say, hey, I've got this 50-50 portfolio and you know I'm going to draw my 4%, I'm going to increase it with inflation, I got an 82% chance of success, it's like, and you can never change it. Because if you change it, then you run the risk of market timing and blowing the thing up. Suddenly you're playing a whole different game. Yeah. By the way, I said there's four. They're actually, I was wondering if you were going to add another one. I was just going to let that go across the plate. There actually are five. It's, oh, it's there's a, five and you only listed three. So It's a baker's foursome. No, I listed four. Uh, number one was estimate future returns using forward-looking predictions. Okay. Yep, we talked about that. Yep, you're not a fan of that one. Number two, use an appropriate retirement horizon because with 50 years, the 4% Wait, you, rule doesn't work. You didn't say that one, but that's, oh, I'm sorry. that's the one that's yeah. Number three, minimize cost. Number four, invest in diversified portfolio. And the bonus and then one, what's the bonus? Force them the bonus one. And, and I agree with this one. You have to adopt a dynamic spending strategy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which yeah. is, and I know Paul Merriman, when he was here, talked about this one, which is in years when the portfolio does well, they take the international trips. In years the portfolio doesn't do well, they they take the vacations around. He lives in Seattle, so they explore the state of Washington, right? <laughs> yep. We will link to this. Of course, we link to it in our show guide at stackybenjamins.com forward slash stacker. You can sign up for that for free and get a guide, not just to what we talk about, but also to other links and associated stuff. Uh, but we'll have this also in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. It's time, OG, time for the TikTok Minute. Sometimes there are things that we roll our eyes at. Sometimes it's brilliance. What do we got today, OG? Let's spin the wheel. By the way, this is this was sent to us by Stacker Jonathan. So let's listen. You can buy one rental property that'll set you financially free. You can buy two rental properties that'll set you into financial abundance. And you can buy three and do whatever you want every day for the rest of your life. There it is. Thanks for that, Jonathan. Is that brilliance or eye roll? Uh, Three. Three gets you there. 
You think? I don't think. I mean, if it's multiple doors, maybe. And I think if you do a good job on the purchase price right up front, where you've run the math on the purchase price and the cash flow, I doubt that you can do it on three, though. And I also, by the way, think that one can do one of two things. You're either going to be, he, he said, one will set you free. One can also be like a ball and chain, OG. I had one. It felt like a ball and chain. Don't get me wrong. I made some money on it. Didn't make great money. Didn't he make good money? But I didn't make set me free money on 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 one. For me, even- And, the- and so few dollars that you never thought about like parlaying that big win into the next big thing. Did you No, And, and frankly I could have, cause that's, that's, I mean, my, my son takes the equity from one house to use it for the next one. And, and that's why he's using the Burr method. And we can link to when we talk to David green from bigger pockets about the Burr method of investing. So he uses that, but yeah, I never did that uh, with one. Cause it, it just wasn't for me. I think this is kind of a combination of both. I like where this is headed, right? I like the idea of investing and having a strategy and maybe even getting to know something about real estate and how real estate works, getting educated on your investment strategy. But but I also don't like it when people make it sound too easy. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with real estate, especially now. Yeah, I think a better lesson here would be real estate investing is great, but it's not easy because it's worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's another job. Anything that's worth it is not going to be super easy. There are way smarter people out in this universe than you or me. Then the easy stuff's already been taken. Like the the easy money has already been made. And that doesn't mean that making $100 a door, like they talk about on Bigger Pockets, you know, that's kind of the number, right? If you make $100 a month a door, you're doing pretty good. That doesn't mean that doesn't make you successful over a long period of time but it's not three, right? Now, three is $300 a month, which sounds like half of your Roth IRA contribution for the next 30 years and sets you up to be a gozillionaire. Like, I agree with all that, but I don't think you're quitting your, I don't think you're quitting your job with three rental properties. No. Thanks for that, Jonathan. So good. Send those to me, Joe at stackingbenjamins.com and uh, happy to take a look. Thanks for that one, Jonathan. I think it's time for you and I to go get uh, a refill on our coffee, my friend. Doug, waiting in the wings here, all set to go. It's got the, look at that, dude. You got the papers out? All right. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm scooting over. All right, uh, Doug's got it from here. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And did you know the U.S. Post Office was established on this date in 1775? Random fact. Three days later, the post office delivered mail to the previous owner of the Independence Hall. Seriously, Joe's mom has owned this house for 46 years, and we still get mail for some woman named Rebecca. Don't get me wrong, I always make sure to skim through Rebecca's subscription to grossly high brokerage fees monthly, but we could do without her bills. I'm really getting tired of paying her Blockbuster Premium subscription. But you know, there's a new fangled version of mail called email which was first sent in 1941 so the question is what addition to a message in 1941 officially made the message an email i'll be back with the answer faster than you can create a new aol account you've got mail well hey stackers whether you're looking at buying your first car or your dream car auto purchases as you know (laughs) it's a big investment 
a lot of things to consider, like how much am I going to pay for this? Can I negotiate maybe and get a better price? And if I need to finance it, what's the down payment going to be? What's the interest rate going to be? What's my monthly payment going to look like? But Navy Federal Credit Union makes it simple with their fast and easy auto loan process. You can apply online on their mobile app or by phone. Super fast. You get a decision in seconds. And you're going to enjoy rates as low as 1.79% APR. Navy Federal guides you through finding a car and a monthly payment that you can afford. You can even estimate what those would be and check that out with your budget. And you can also look at different interest rates with their auto loan calculator. Credit and collateral are subject to approval. Rates subject to change and are based on credit worthiness. Advertised rate available for new vehicles. Message and data rates may apply. Find out more at NavyFederal.org, insured by NCUA. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and word travels fast. Unlike that letter I sent to Cardi B that she claims never arrived. I'm already getting some hate mail from people because I'm dissing on the post office. Let's clarify here, stackers. This rant has zip to do with the amazing employees at the post office. I'm politely pointing out flaws in the process. Our mailman, Dave, that dude's awesome. That guy's always right on time, no matter rain, sleet, snow, or that horrible smell coming from Ashdown. The guy is a rock. He almost inspires me to start a new mail carrier career. I mean, can you even imagine how nice my calves would look in those shorts? No doubt I'd be a promising prospect. I wouldn't be surprised if I start getting recruited any minute now. I gotta clear up this line, so let's get back to today's trivia. The question was, what addition to the message sent in 1941 officially made the message the first ever email? The world's first email message was sent by Ray Tomlinson, a programmer. Other email had been sent prior to that, but they were sent between users on the same computer. Tomlinson is the one who first used the at sign in email addresses, and it's been in use ever since. 
No email necessary today, though, because Joe's back at the mic. Let's pass it back over to him and Michelle Kagan. See ya. And coming down to the basement, I feel like she's our BFF here in the basement. Michelle <laughs> Kagan's back. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I'm great, but do you do anything other than write? I feel like you write so many great books that are so helpful for so many people. Where do you find time to do anything else, Michelle? Well, I have a full CPA and tax practice. I'm a single parent of a special needs child, and I have two dogs and four cats. So I, don't, I just don't sleep. I was going to say, I don't know how you have hair. We have much different hair. <laughs> I have COVID hair. I need a haircut. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people. A lot of times people don't believe financial professionals, because especially financial professionals, because I think that people think that we're a different breed, that we were born, you know, knowing how to manage money, knowing how to do taxes, knowing like <laughs> the perfect stuff to do. But I know you well enough to know that a lot of this book is born out of your personal circumstances. You were going through a divorce, is my understanding, and losing your job at the same time. Yeah, that was really tough. You know, it was, it was even a little bit crazier than that because as we were going through the divorce, we sold the place where we lived and I was suddenly looking for a place at the same time I lost my job with an infant. It was really stressful and I couldn't figure out what to do. I had decision paralysis. I was anxious all the time. And then I said, wait, stop, you know what to do here. And I just, made myself actually little worksheets and I did one thing at a time. I figured out where I could apply for, for help to help me, you know, through that rough time. And I, then I got through it until of course, you know, because it's life crisis hits, crisis hits, and you know, you rebound, you go through it, you rebound. And I've sort of developed a way to help myself and other people get through these, these inevitable setbacks that life just throws at you all the time. Before we even dive into some of those setbacks, I guess we should start with that good news and make sure that people hear what you just said. You will come out of it. Like this will be okay. It will. It doesn't feel like that when you're in it. And that's why it's really important to take one step at a time and focus on what's going on right now and not worry about what's going to happen three months, two years from now. Right now, you're worried about today. And that's where your focus should be. It's when you start bringing your focus further out that you can really get stuck. It's kind of the opposite of what regular financial advice is, which is to take big picture approach, think about the future. That doesn't apply here. Don't pay attention to it. What you need to do is the opposite. Let's do that. Let's go through some of these big issues that people have to recover from financially. Of course, a lot of these people have seen in the last uh, couple of years with COVID, but, but let's start off that with a health crisis in the family. You had a health crisis in your family with your son. We're doing, having it right now, actually. We, my child uh, who goes by they, them um, has some disabling mental health issues. And we're, you know, looking at going in hospital and stuff. And I was talking to the intake people. I was like, I need a range of how much it's going to cost, you know, just a, a general idea. And they basically said to me, well, the minimum it's going to be is $3,000. I'm like, okay, $3,000. I command it. And I'm like, well, what's the maximum I'm thinking it would be like 5,000, 7,000. 45,000. So that's a pretty big range. 3,000 3, to 45,000. <laughs> I don't know how to plan. And I'm like, why can't you just tell me how much? 
well, we have to talk to your insurance. But I'm like, it's so frustrating with medical care. And I don't know if you know this, but mental health care is even worse than regular medical health care for coverage, for finding treatment, for getting into a program without a six week waiting period. It's really frustrating and it's really expensive and it's hard to manage because you really don't know until you get those bills, how much it's going to be. You said when those, yeah, when those bills came, they were widely way off what you thought they were going to be. They weren't at the 45,000, but they weren't, I I had sort of planned on like 7,000 and and it was a lot more than that, but you know, you do what you have to do. And then with divorce, speaking of bills, Michelle, you, you point specifically to those legal bills. Those add up quickly. Absolutely. And it's an unfortunate circumstance, but a lot of times people use their lawyers as accountants and therapists and and they sort of make them all in one professionals, which ends up bumping up their legal bills without actually giving them effective help in the other areas. So one of the things I talk about is make sure you're using your lawyer for legal issues. Period. That's it. Yeah. Right? They're not. They're not financial experts. They're not therapists. I would have to tell clients that working on estate plans, I would have to remind clients lawyers work on billable hours. So come with your list of questions, get the questions in, make sure that we just keep those hours low, hire the professional, yeah. get the help, but get to your point, get them where they're going to be effective and forget the rest. Yeah. That's tricky to do, especially when you're in a really emotional situation. But if you go in prepared, like you just said, with questions, with the issues that you're trying to solve, And I also found that communicating by email tends to be less expensive than communicating by phone because Mm. it naturally has a a closing point and it, and it's not open-ended. Yeah. You don't feel like, uh, I remember when I moved from Michigan to the South, I adopted the third thing rule, which meant that the third thing we talked about was actually the point. Because if I, if I, if I did what we did in Michigan and I immediately sprang to, Hey, Michelle, I got this thing. It's just very rude. You know, instead it's, Hey, how you doing? How's your family? What's going on? And then, and then we would jump into it. I just needed that to slow down and kind of fit in a little bit. In an email, you can kind of get right to the point. Uh, Your next one on your list was a death in the family. And I love your advice here, which I remember this from when I was a financial planner do nothing here for a while is okay. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming, especially if the person who you've lost is the person who did the majority of financial finagling in your family. It's not a good time to make big decisions. Yes, you need the bills to get paid now, but you don't need to decide if you're going to sell your house right now. You don't need to decide what you're going to do in a year right now. Right? You have to give your yourself a chance to get to a better place where you actually can pay attention before you start making those big financial decisions. I know that's different for everybody, but in your experience, what, what is that amount of time? Is it a year, uh, two years? You know, it differs for what the decision is based on. So something like, should I sell the house is usually something like around a year, but something like, do I need to get a job? Do I apply for this or that? That usually starts to kick in in around three or four months when people really start realizing they need to have some kind of something. Then they're dealing with the emotional and the financial part. So it's really important to work with somebody who you feel comfortable with and you don't feel judged by or rushed by because you're not going to make good decisions if you're feeling pressured. You talk about that a lot about if you feel overwhelmed, hiring help. What type of help is out there on a financial basis for the average person? 
You know, there's everything from uh, financial coaches to CPAs who do taxes to uh, somebody I have found invaluable, which is medical benefits coordinators. Mm. There's so many kinds of financial advocates, financial planners, estate planners. And, you know, credentials are obviously super important here because you want to make sure you're working with a professional and not just a self, you know, like a self-realized person who has like gone through and has their own financial journey, you want to work with somebody accredited, but you also really want to make sure that you click with the person because this person is going to have a very big part in your life, at least for a little while. And you're going to be talking about things that for most people are really uncomfortable. Money is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people. And during a crisis, there's even more anxiety involved. So you really need to feel comfortable with the person so that you can really be honest with them and not feel like you're trying to please them or you don't want to disappoint them or that they're condescending to you. You want to feel like they're on your side. You, you, in fact, told me a story just before we hit record, but we were catching up from the last time, <laughs> from the last time you were here about that. You were helping somebody very seriously. You were helping somebody buy chairs and just make some of these little moves. Yeah. Sometimes the scissor, I mean, a lot of times people think that I shouldn't be having financial anxiety or problems if I have money, but that's not true at all. Financial anxiety can strike anybody. And I, I was working with a client who It was a decision paralysis combined with anxiety about spending the money on the chairs, even though they had plenty of money. So we went online together. We on a Zoom call, we screen shared and we picked out some chairs and we talked about how they were going to be paid for. And we set a delivery date together because they were just so overwhelmed in general that they couldn't buy chairs. It happens. It happens to everybody sometimes. You have a whole um, spreadsheet at the beginning, and I found this very surprising. You have a whole spreadsheet at the beginning around separating emotions from facts. Tell me where that came from and how powerful is that with people to actually write down these things? You know, it came from my personal experience, honestly. And it also came from some of the people that I work with regularly in a coaching capacity. Fear and anxiety makes things seem very different than they are. So knowing what the actual fact is versus what your brain is making it seem like is a really important distinction. And it's really important to also acknowledge what you're afraid of happening. You know, the person who was buying chairs, they weren't afraid to spend $1,000. Their fear was if I spend too much, I'm going to end up homeless. And like it spirals out. And then they think, oh my God, buying chairs equals losing my house or being poor or being in debt, or it spirals out of control with anxiety and fear brain. And during a crisis, when you're already overtaxed, you're caring for yourself, you're caring for another person, you've got all these new changes going on, you don't know what's happening. It's even bigger. So it's really important to say, hey, I acknowledge that this is my fear. Don't judge it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to stop having it. Just address it. This is what the fear is. Okay, but what is that? What is really happening in my actual financial life? So the fact in the case of the chairs, the fear is this is if I spend this money, this is the first step to homelessness and I will go broke. The fact is I need chairs to sit on and I can't live a life without chairs. Right. And based on my existing resources, I can afford to buy these particular chairs without creating a financial crisis. Yeah. And I got to imagine just the 
just the journaling of that, Michelle, just the, you know, for me, sometimes the tactile feel of writing it out, not, not even typing it, just writing it longhand, mm-hmm. very cathartic. I find that personally very helpful as well. For me, it's very helpful to remind myself that what's flowing around in my brain is not necessarily what's happening on the ground. Is there anything different? The the, the next big crisis you talk about is a job loss. Is there anything big to do at the beginning when it comes to job loss? Well, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of things. So the, one of the first things you want to do is find out what your insurance, your health insurance options are. Cause for a lot of people, they lose their job, they lose their health insurance and their life insurance sometimes too. So you really want to, if you're counting on that coverage and it's, and you need to know what's happening with it, you need to know what your options are with your, if you have a 401k. So for example, once you're not working at a company, if you have a 401k loan out, you have to pay it back and you can't take out more 401k loans. So before you lose access to your options, you need to know what those are. You go through, there's these, there's these rules that we have in personal finance, right? Build your, (laughs) build your cash reserve, minimize debt, work on your retirement, like all these check boxes. You say in the book, you have to throw those rules away and there's a new set of rules for you when you're in financial recovery. What's the difference between the old rules and the new rules? Okay. Well, the old rules are sort of long-term, lifelong rules. The the rules for right now are the right now rules. They're temporary. So you have to remember that. They're, They're very uncomfortable for a lot of people, but they're temporary because when you are in a financial crisis, preserving resources is your most important option, increasing in and preserving resources. So one of the things I tell people to do, which sounds insane coming from a financial professional is borrow money right away before your credit takes a hit. As soon as it's clear that you're using credit cards a lot more or that you don't have income coming in, it's going to be much harder to get access to loaned money. You're going to have a higher interest rate. So borrow that money right away. And if you don't need it, you can pay it back. And and want to maximize your resources. And maximize your lines of credit wherever you can, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is, again, the opposite. (laughs) You know, you want to increase your, your credit card available. Well, you, you want to just do all that right away. Well, and I'm also thinking too, something that sounds insane, but I would guess based on that is you would probably also tell people to make the minimum payments on their bills. Absolutely. Minimum payments, hundred percent. And also stop contributing to retirement accounts. Day one, stop, stop contributing to retirement accounts, putting money in savings you can access. That's fine. Don't lock up any money right now. And again, it's temporary. So it's not like you're going to never get back on track with retirement, but when you need cash today, you don't want it locked up in your 401k. Right. Two more things I want to ask you about. Number one is this is a time when a lot of people just want to dig a hole that you, you feel a strong sense of depression. You write, you say in this wonderful paragraph, you talk about how you can't do that. You have to stay networked to people. Yeah. It's very isolating to go through a financial crisis, a job loss, a divorce, some kinds of health crises, like all of those things can come with really negative emotions. They can make you kind of internalize. You don't want to talk to people about what's going on and you isolate and that can actually make your financial troubles harder. And I'm not saying you should be asking people for money, but emotional support, just having someone to talk to, even not about this stuff. Yeah, You need some kind of, of support and other humans in your life 
even if you don't tell them what's going on. I saw that so many times when I was a financial planner, Michelle, that people would just put themselves in this cocoon and it was never good. It, it That never worked out well. Which, by the way, brings me to my last point, which I absolutely love. This might be my favorite part of the entire book, and there's so much stuff that I love, but it's <laughs> okay. to celebrate your wins. And you talk about it might be hard to see the wins because there's so much bad crap going on, but celebrating your wins. Talk about that for a moment. People, they forget to do that. And they think like a win is like paying off a credit card. But right now, that's not a win. Like right now, a win is actually like buying the book, right? <laughs> filling out one worksheet, raising the limit on one credit card. Any little thing you do that expands your resources and takes even a tiny bit of stress off of your situation, everything like that is a win. Buying the chairs. Yeah. Is buying a, the chairs is a win. Is a giant win. The book is the, the book is the financial recovery workbook, a step-by-step -step plan for gaining control of your money and your life during and after a personal financial crisis. Uh, Michelle, you've written so many great books and uh, another fantastic one that I know is going to help a lot of people. I'm assuming it's available everywhere. Yes. Thanks for hanging out with us and talking about getting back on our feet. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me over. I always love being here. Hey, this is Lou Mangello from WDW Radio. And when I'm not at Walt Disney World or sharing my passion for Disney World or eating, I am stacking Benjamins. Huge thanks to Michelle Kagan for stopping by. And I think that's so true, OG, that separating facts from your emotions, whether it's something big that Michelle was talking about, any of these things that have happened in the last 18 months, or if it's something as little as, I mean, how many times have you had meetings with people that people go, oh, I read that the government might change this rule? Well, the big topic right now is inflation. You know, and what, what, what do I do differently because of inflation? It's like, work your plan, have a goal, have a plan. Just stay on the path. And the less that you fiddle with things, the better off you're going to be. And I like the way that she talked about journaling. I think that for a lot of people, just writing it down, that I don't know about for you, but I find that when I physically take a pencil and I write stuff down, and not even type it, just write it down, it just gets it all out. Well, that's been proven to be successful from goal setting to uh, retention of information when you're in school. But you've talked about that before. You've written down goals and you don't look at them. Yeah, <laughs> like the forget all about them and then find the paper, you know, three years later. And you like, accomplished them all. Yeah. 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 I love that. Hey, let's throw out the Avon Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important topics. Is that what it is? I questions. Oh, is it questions? Some of life's most important questions. I'm sitting here scrolling, as you can see, trying to find my place our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. I'm going to go with that uh, jalapeno breakfast we had. Mine was minus the jalapeno. Oh. I can't do it. They put jalapeno on everything. On everything. Didn't I tell you that? They did, didn't they? It's like uh, Red Hot. Yeah. They put that on everything. All over the place. And was there truth in advertising there too? Not the best breakfast ever. I don't know. It was okay. No, it's good. It's it just- It's not the best. No. Like if the standard yeah. was the best ever- I think we fell short of that mark. I kind of like the other place we go to, the old time burger shop, like it better. Uh, everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about? Breakfast. <laughs> yes. It's Monday. We need breakfast. Absolutely. It's actually your loved ones in your time. And what's more fun than hanging out with your loved ones at the breakfast place in downtown Texarkana. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now and you'll get a free quote. 
because they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Here's why it's quality, OG. Remember those hours and hours you'd spend with clients helping them fill out the life insurance application? I do recall. It's gone. Don't got that anymore. It's very simple. It's all online. You get an instant coverage decision, affordable prices, and they're backed by a little company called Mass Mutual, which is over 160 years old. That's it. Just 160. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to our friend, Scotty. Say hi, Scotty. Hi, Joe and OG. This is Scotty from Iowa. Hey, just wanted to let you know, Joe, that I'm the official father of twins, the Stacking Benjamin Show. No competition, though. Hey, my wife recently left her job as being a respiratory therapist. Not sure if she's ever going to go back. However, she does have a 401k at her old employer. Not sure if I should roll that over to a different brokerage account or if I should just leave it there under the assumption that maybe one day she'll go back and continue working. Hope all is well. Sending good vibrations from the good state of Iowa. Talk to you later. Bye. I think Doug's wrong. Doug at the beginning of the show said that Scotty was bragging about being from Iowa. Uh, I would brag from being from Iowa. Hell yeah. Go Hawkeyes. Unless you're a Cyclones, Cyclones. fan. Yeah, ch- no, Hawkeyes. No, Cyclones. The state of Iowa, very divided. You got to know which side of that argument you come yeah. down on. You're one or the other. But Doug was saying that he's bragging from Iowa. I mean, he's just proud. That's that's fine. And uh, I do agree with Doug, though. You should probably keep your hands off your wife's money if you know it's good for you, Scotty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> what what she should do with right. her account is what he meant to say. Let's talk uh, about that. But what what should she do, OG? It very rarely makes sense to keep your money in your workplace plan if you're not there anymore. A couple of instances where I can think of that it does make sense is if you're getting really close to retirement and you need to be able to take withdrawals because you can take money out of a 401k between 55 and 59 and a half without any issues, uh, any penalties, that is. So I don't think Scotty's that unless he's uh, really old or his wife's really old having twins. But um, I'm just a big fan of having all of your money consolidated in one place. So if you have money in an account that you're not really paying attention to anymore, nothing but bad things can happen. You can have uh, increased costs. You can have changes where the company will just change the plan and say, well, we were with principal and now we're with Voya or we're, we're with Voya and now we're with Fidelity. And and sometimes that can change the asset allocation. They lose beneficiary paperwork sometimes. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that can go wrong with workplace plans. So if you're not working anymore, take that money, roll it over to an IRA. It's a tax-free transaction. doesn't cost you anything to do it. Uh, just a little bit of time and energy to fill out the paperwork and send it in. So uh, that would be my recommendation to your wife about her money. Just to be clear. Yeah, I here's, here's the other thing I, I think of, OG, when I think about this issue is some 401ks are great in some areas. Some are good in other areas. Some are good in all different areas. But let's say that her 401k for some reason decides to go cheap. I love that idea of the IRA because you can invest it around what the 401k is good at. So let's say the 401k is not great at international funds. You could load up on great international funds in your IRA because you can pick from anything in uh, in these places. Yeah. Well, that's the point is that you can control the asset allocation. You can control the product selection. Because that's one of the features of an IRA is that it's you can put anything you want in it. Thanks for the question, Scotty. If you've got a question for us, like 
Scotty did, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. By the way, congratulations on the twins. Couple brand new stackers, it sounds like, in Iowa. And uh, two additional non sleepers in Iowa. Oh, you, you talk about Scotty and his wife? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good times there. I just remember those days fondly, Scotty, but I am glad it's you and not me again, because going through that once was wonderful, but uh, not the kind of thing where you ride that roller coaster over and over again. But if you've got a question like Scotty does, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. That's how to call us on the Haven Lifeline, and OG can answer your question as well. And uh, for being brave, we're going to send Scotty some collectible Stacking Benjamin swag. And I think we might have a little something extra for him too. Hey, uh, just a couple more notes. We are headed next week to Nashville. Nashville Lights, Nashville Nashvillians, Nash, Nashvettis. Are you from Nashville? Because you're the only 10 I see. How many times you crack that joke? seems like twice. <laughs> it feels it feels like it. Uh, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Nashville. Tell us you're coming. We're going to be at the Bavarian Beer Haas. We're going to be outside on the deck, assuming that the weather's nice. If not, we're going to we'll be, be wet. We're going to be in the back of the room. I heard there's some accordion players coming and no Doug and OG will not be playing the accordion. Some sauerkraut and beer. Mm. So good. Might pass. So, so good. Uh, the Bavarian Beer House, uh, very close to the Grand Ole Opry, which is uh, at that hotel, the Gaylord Hotel there is where our conference is going to be. A bunch of other podcasters will be there. Our good friend Paula, who hangs out with us, will be there. Mindy Jensen mm-hmm. has said that she's going to be there from uh, Bigger Pockets Money. Jennifer Grimson uh, from Micro Empires. Uh, Lee Huffman of the We Travel There podcast. Many many more. And of course, a bunch of stackers. We're going to have a good time. OG is flying in specially just to meet you. Boy, are my arms going to be tired. (laughs) It's going to be fantastic. That's Tuesday night, by the way, August. Is that second or third? Second or third, whatever, whatever that Tuesday is. Yes. If it's Tuesday and it's close to the second or third or is the second or third, but it's Tuesday night, seven to 9 PM. I think it's the third be there. Uh, but stackybenjamins.com forward slash Nashville. And uh, please tell us that you're coming. If you figure it out at the last minute, just come. Just show up. Just show yep. up. But we'd love to know that you're coming to join us. All right. A couple more things. Also coming up on Wednesday night of this week, our stack event. And OG, oh, we've got a great guest for the stack event. Yeah. To kick things off, Apollo Lepescu, kind of a... Uh, the chief of telling you how it is from Dimensional Fund Advisors, which is a, a mutual fund and ETF company headquartered in, uh, well, I think, two headquarters, uh, three actually, between Austin and Charlotte and uh, and Santa Monica. Just a great conversationalist about what's going on in the market, how to how to kind of read between the lines, what should you really pay attention to. Just a really really great uh, way to explain how to think about uh, you know what's happened over the last year and a half and and how to think about the next year and a half. You'll be able to hang out with other stackers, ask your questions about the market, find out what you should do with your money. That's Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Do the math on your time zone on our YouTube channel, the Stacking Benjamins YouTube channel. And lastly, if you're somebody that doesn't need just a YouTube chat, you really want better help in your corner, OG and his team are taking clients. So head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG. And that leads you to their calendar so that you can have a meeting with them to talk about how they can interface with you to make better 
financial planning decisions. All right, that's going to be a wrap for today. Uh, We will see you all on Wednesday when Brandy Mabra joins us. Brandy is the brain behind Savvy Clover. She's a coach to top CEOs around the country, teaching her million-dollar skill set. She's somebody, OG, that had to learn the million-dollar skill set. She was bankrupt and a single mom and made so many positive changes in her own life, and now she coaches other people to do the same. We're going to give you a bunch of inspiration on Wednesday. All right, that's it. Doug, here he is. Look, he's got the paper. He's, he's, he's ready to rock and roll. Yes. All right, Doug, uh, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from Michelle Kagan. Going through a rough patch? You've got this. Don't think big picture. Just focus on what you need to do next, and things will improve. Second, take a lesson from our headline. Using the 4% rule for your retirement plan? There are better ways. But the big lesson? Turns out, my invite to join the U.S. Post Office must be lost in the mail. I'm still waiting, people. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Check out Michelle Kagan's Financial Recovery Workbook wherever books are sold. Hey, stackers in Nashville, Joe and OG are headed your way, as are some of your other favorite money podcasters on August 2nd. For details on our Nashville meetup, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Nashville. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2021, and is created by Joe Saul Cihai. Our producer is Karen Rapine. The show is written by Taylor Stevens with help from Joe and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen, check out our show notes page written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. Brooke and Joe also collaborate on a guide to the show and with lots of extras we couldn't include on today's podcast. Heck, they'll also throw in some life money lessons from Joe and it's all free. It's called The Stacker. And you'll find it at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash stacker. Once we get all of this goodness bottled up, it goes over to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart, who helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to talk about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group, The Basement. She also is our social media coordinator. So say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. She and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. For a URL that'll take you right to our Facebook group, by the way, type stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and the people responsible for this show have been sacked.
just want to talk about some of the cool things happening here in the basement. I've been on two podcasts recently, one where I tell my financial story, and that's the Weiss Investor Podcast uh, with Kenny Pilcary. Uh, Kenny, by the way, is an awesome dude on his own and fun to listen to. He was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and he's got the voice for it, OG. He tells voice all raspy that he spent 40 years on the floor. Like this dude, this dude screamed for a living at one point, but we will, we will link to these in the show notes. And then second, and this was a huge honor, our local newspaper, the Texarkana Gazette started a podcast and Carl Richter over there wrote me and said, it would be our honor if the most, (laughs) I can't say this with a straight face. If the most famous podcaster in Texarkana was episode one of our podcast. And then uh, Devin Carroll was like, I'm busy, but Joe could make it. <laughs> but Joe could do it. Well, I'm glad it's not YouTube because we would have been smoked. But big thanks to the Texarkana Gazette. And if you want to hear stories from the beginning of the show, he asked me a lot about the show. There's a lot of Texarkana specific stuff near the end. But at the beginning, we talk about the early days in the show and specifically The first question was, what's changed since you started the show? And I kick it off, OG, with, we learned to use the mic correctly. And I tell that story from the very, very beginning. And I won't spoil that for people. But yeah, learning to use the mic is a definite thing you need to do if you're going to podcast. We've also had some fantastic accolades lately, and we're so excited about these. Uh, Lifehacker put us on their list of the top money podcast of 2021. So thanks to Lifehacker. And then thanks to Modest Wallet, which has a massive, massive Instagram following. We were on that list as well of top money podcast 2021 with a bunch of our friends, including Gabby Dunn, who is uh, part of the Westwood One now Cumulus Network. So that was, that was great. That's our bragathon right there. A lot of travel coming up, huh? Uh, yes. Headed to Nashville. Yeah. I just want to hang out in Nashville at some time, at some point. It is conveniently situated halfway between here and Michigan. So I've stayed overnight in Nashville. And what's funny is I can use Hotwire and there is only one three-star hotel near Vanderbilt. And it's right by the football stadium. It's the Holiday Inn. And it's a really nice, like newly remodeled Holiday Inn. And I I can almost always get that room for 60 bucks. And I know exactly where I'm staying, even though, you know, with Hotwire, they don't tell you where you're staying. They're like, hey, it's a secret. I'm like, yeah, but there's only one place and this is the same price every time. So you hit that button like, oh, surprise, you're staying at the place you already knew. For 65 bucks, it's normally like 120. It's great. But I've always wanted to just stay and hang out and I never have. The bad news is I'm there for four days this time. And you still won't be hanging out. But I still won't be. You're working. I'll be at a conference. So besides our party that night, not going to do much hanging out. Mm-hmm. We got Austin coming up. That's the end of uh, end of September. FinCon, Austin, Texas. Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> I can give you the date that we're going to have our stacker meetup in Austin as well. That will be on a Tuesday night because FinCon begins on Wednesday. So OG and I get in there a little early. We're going to have a meetup. It'll be along with our partner, Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast, our sister podcast. So it'll be the 21st 
And it will probably, if you know Austin, it'll probably be somewhere on Rainy Street uh, or close by the convention center where our conference is being held. I'm also going to Camp Phi the following week, Camp Phi Southwest. So if you look for Camp Phi, I will be there. Uh, Camp Phi Southwest is October 8th, 9th, and 10th. So headed to Joshua Tree again, OG. Oh, wow. It's uh, be pretty warm. So enjoy that. And then after that, hopefully going to Japan. But we'll see. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? And then uh, starting January 4th. And then Cincinnati. That's right. Cincinnati at the end of November. And then back to Michigan for a final push of family time before you delete all family time for your life. <laughs> that is very true. The Economy Conference is going to be uh, November 13th and 14th. Uh, we're going to do a live show to kick it off on November 12th. That'll be an additional ticket. It won't yep. be a lot of money. I think it's going to be 10 bucks because they need to reserve the room at the University of Cincinnati for another evening for us to have the show. So come out and see a live show. That'll be, we're doing seven live shows, hopefully in conjunction with our tour. And this is kind of our, uh, this is our warm up show. It's like, it's like seeing the Rolling Stones in one of the nightclubs as they're getting stuff together, get this intimate setting, University of Cincinnati. We're just like the Rolling Stones. That's right. All right, I got to go. I got to do some work. All right, let's do it. See ya. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.